0: Hey there, welcome to Maine Education Matters. I'm Matt Drew at Card. Thank you very much for joining us today. It's a very special episode um, for a number of different reasons. Uh, first of all, it's going to be today is our final episode of our deep dive into how the Maine Department of Education has been supporting our students and teachers and districts um, mostly since the pandemic began, because they kind of did a this major shift. And as I've said before numerous times, I've been wildly impressed. And so we're gonna talk about one of the, um, one of the major things that I think that they've done that is um, amazingly innovative and wonderful for our students and for our teachers and for our families, especially for those who have been caught in this pandemic thing and who might need some help at home. The uh, Main uh, Opportunity for Online Sustained Education Program or MOOSE, um, which of course is the best name in education. Well, the second best name after Main Education Matters, of course. so with this ending our MDOE deep dive, that means only one thing, and that means legislation is coming back. And next week, middle of January, we're starting off our legislative deep dive with one of our favorite episodes, the bill titles episode. That's the episode where we just look through the bill titles and try to figure out what the heck is going on. The good, the bad, and the WTF. We don't know what it means, and maybe we'll do some prognostication. We'll see if we're right. We'll see. Mostly, we'll be wrong. Um, I'm also saying we a lot here, and the reason for that, as you might know, is that uh, you probably will know that the the lesser Matt Matt Shea, uh, who used who actually sparked this whole podcast uh, thing with uh, with Main Education Matters, moved off to California, uh, is living the beach life and is enjoying things out there still part of this podcast does some moderately adequate editing from time to time and um he's laughing i'm sure he's probably gonna edit some things into this i'm sure he will and but i can't have these conversations about legislation to myself in front of a screen that is horrible for you and worse for me so we put out an all call to our faithful 17 listeners See, would anyone like to um, be a part of this show more going forward, and to you know do this thing with us on a regular basis to be the next member of the Main Education members family? And one person rose above the rest. That we had a a really a really uh, crazy and busy uh, application process. Um, there was several rounds of hazing, all voluntary all voluntary. Um, there was a, there was a a physical component, a mental component. There was a whole lot of things going on. And one person rose above everything. And I have to say from a, from a personal professional level, she's one of the top five people who I look to in the state for stuff when they're doing education, anything, education, when she speaks, I listen. Um, and She's also, she's her, her brilliant, she's empathetic and I'm so happy that she signed on to be a part of this. Um, she also happens to be not only self-anointed but our appointed number one fan. Ladies and gentlemen, the new co-host of Maine Education Matters, Lady Julie Smythe.
1: Oh, I am so excited, Matt. Thank you so much. Oh,
0: thank you for agreeing to do this nonsense.
1: No way. I I am so grateful to what you and Matt started. I'm so grateful to be a Maine educator and to be able to voice that, um, the compassion and gratitude that I have on a regular basis. I just worry that, you know, a faithful 17 might go down to faithful 14. So I'm, I'm trying to recruit, to volunteer some people to watch. So I'll be on the well, lookout for that.
0: Well, it's okay. I, from what I understand about it, there has been a waiting list so with you leaving the Faithful17 being part of this, we'll just go to the, that next top one in line, um, right. which is probably a bot now that I think about it.
1: Hmm.
0: Oh, well, anyway. Um, so tell us tell the listeners quickly about yourself. Like, let's let, we, we already know you. I know you,
1: right. our
0: Faithful17 listeners know you, but for those who might be new,
1: Who is Julie Smythe? I am a proud director of curriculum for the Saco Public Schools. We are a pre-K through eight district in Saco, Maine. I journeyed to Saco from being an assistant principal in the Old Orchard Beach system. And previous to that, I like to say I grew up as a teacher at Mm Windham High School where I spent 12 years and it was just phenomenal. Um, I grew up in a very small town in Maine, 20 minutes north of Orono, called Howland. Um, So proud of my Class C high school experience. I still bleed green for Penobscot Valley High School. Um, And I never thought about getting into education until my first year at Bates College, where I was an English major and I have been in love with the classroom ever since those first experiences. So I'm a proud mother of two Bitterford students. My daughter Anna is 12. My son Drew is 15. And as I introduced myself to his advisor during remote yesterday, remote day, he informed his advisor that I often embarrass him because I like to let him know that I was a high school English teacher. Good for you. Um, and I am uh, the proud wife of Kurt Smythe, who is an administration at the University of New England. So I'm so thrilled to be here with you today and to have my first episode be with the creators and the great thinkers behind the Moose module. So thank you so much for this, Matt.
0: Oh, no, again, thank you. And since you brought it up, let's bring him into the conversation and talk about Moose a bit. With us today, Beth Lambert, the Director of Innovative Teaching and Learning for the Maine Department of Education. Beth. Welcome, thank you very much for joining us. Hi, Matt. Also joining us today, Paige Nichols, the Chief Innovation Officer for Maine Department of Education. Paige, welcome, thank you for joining us too.
2: Hi, Matt, thank you.
0: And finally joining us from the Maine Department of Education to round off our uh, panel of Maine EDU rock stars is Emma Marie Banks, the Secondary Digital Learning and Computer Science Specialist for the Maine Department of Education. Hey, Emma
3: glad to be
0: here so moose um this is uh when i first heard about this project being done back when it started to come out in the spring early summerish um i said wait a minute they're going to be creating these main driven teacher driven online modules for project-based learning multiple standards multiple content areas integrated and they're going to have this ready by September no way how did this whole thing start what sparked this
4: well I think not surprisingly Matt it was sparked by our amazing commissioner of education who's innovative and visionary in ways that um, we're all inspired by I think every day and she came to us uh, in the office of innovation and said you know this is what we need. We have students and educators and families are scrambling. We are, you know, all of us. It, March hit us very hard in every piece of education. And, um, and sure. this was one of the many ways that um, we knew we had to respond and we knew what we were um, undertaking. And I I gotta say, you're right. It's huge. And there's no, no other no other group than main educators that we could have done it with i mean we knew that that was a key component in, in reaching out and that they were going to be major players and and have been and have not surprisingly delivered you know more than we could ever have imagined yourself included matt
0: not well we're not going to talk about me even though i am incredible um <laughs> uh so okay so that, that that's kind of how the idea started we, we need that we need this thing so How did it evolve into this project-based, multi-standard, student-driven? What were the kind of the steps that the the DOE kind of took to make that as part of the frame? How did how did it get to that point? Because it would be so easy, so much easier to say, come up with a task and then just here's some come up with some worksheets and here you go. Download these for us. That'd be a hell of a lot easier.
4: Or even purchase something that was already out there. And we knew those were options. But despite the emergency, despite the urgency of the whole thing, we knew if we were gonna do this, we had to do it and for it to be effective and useful, we needed it to be something that was created by main educators for main educators and followed best practices. Just because it was online, just because it was going to be asynchronous didn't mean then that the stu- it could be just worksheets or throwaways of things that we knew were not best practice in education. So we looked at it and we said, what is, what is it? That means we've got to make it bri- relevant, project-based. Students have to be doing something, creating something in their world, interdisciplinary. is is best practice, and we know that in a time when uh, we need to be as efficient as we can with students acquiring sort of a vast amount of information because time with their teachers was limited, um, interdisciplinary I believe we believe is the way that that's going to happen. And so we wanted to model that. These are not easy things that we were asking in the Moose modules. It's, it, our teachers can tell tell you, we know very well braiding um, all of those components together that we've put into these modules has been has evolved and been a challenge. And we've worked hard to try to support the educators as they've come to us. Because one extraordinary thing I think about Moose is that we didn't put out a call for teachers who knew how to do this. <laughs> we put out a call to teachers who know how to teach, and then we said, "Let's work together to figure out how these modules come together." We didn't. There isn't a um, pre-made template. There isn't. Everyone doesn't look the same. We wanted to allow for teacher creativity and innovation in how they wanted to present that and how they could, which at times was. <laughs> is frustrating. We know to be given that blank page, but at the same time, when you start to look through, which we hope people will, it's free and available to anyone, look through those modules, you'll see that. And students will find that, we believe, more engaging because it's a it's a different experience every module, every time with what you're getting.
0: Well, I can say to to speak to that a little bit, and I'm actually going to maybe either celebrate or blame Emma for this because I, I, I did the, the first round of, of Moose, I was part of a team and we were doing a, a module and the, you came, they came on and said, well, let's, let's let's talk about how we can do things with some digital integration. And have you seen these kind of Google Slides where you can make more integrative websites? And in that meeting, it got me thinking, oh, I never thought of Google Slides that way. I never thought of it that way. You could actually do it like that. And I'd done it before with Keynote, but hadn't thought about Google Slides. That would be a whole lot easier, which then led me to the Bitmoji classroom, which then led me down a rabbit hole all summer where I created several of them. Now that might be think like, that's just crazy a badness, but what wound up happening is I shared those with my staff, that my creative professional learning. And you know what they said, you could do this. I want to learn how to do this which is like a win. That's a huge win. They could see that you're doing and then oh, I want to do that too. As a, as a curriculum leader, I'm like, uh, now we're doing like effective technology integration in meaningful ways because you saw something with a funny face on it. So so Emma, one thank you and well, how dare you. Um, but but also like what has been the level and the importance of things like technology integration and digital innovation in terms of this? I think that might be something that might scare folks off. Like, well, it's all online and so you have to know how to code and you have to know how to write HTML. What's that kind of a balance that level?
3: Yeah, that's a great question. So I I love your reflection on Google Slides because it's like you know how to use it, right, but you never really thought about using it in that way. And I really think that that has been one of the the greatest successes for Moose is to really truly explore how we can leverage the tools that most of us are relatively familiar with, but haven't really thought about using it asynchronously or using it to, you know, create a learning experience that is, you know, engaging, but not necessarily with you right there. You know, the Bitmoji thing, I think, uh, it is a literal craze in education right now because people really realize that, I mean, when you see that bitmoji, you feel like you're looking at somebody, you know, you feel like, oh, hey, it's my buddy, you know? So um, I think harnessing that feeling that we have and then using that to create those learning experiences for students is really, um, it's a huge part of the success that Moose has had, I feel.
0: Well, I mean, and Julie, like you're you're a elementary, Aim person, dude. All I'm You, elementary folks, know more than probably than anyone that the the environment needs to be welcoming if you're going to have a classroom. It needs to be safe. Um, I mean, I always strived to make my classroom, even in high school when I was teaching the worst class ever, SAT preparation. Um, exactly. The reactions I just got from everyone on the camera is exactly right. You can only imagine what they were, folks who were listening, because this is an audio medium. But creating a safe, welcoming environment is incredibly difficult to do because it requires some personalization. And so how the heck do you do that digitally? And and so- I just
1: wanna add, not only Matt, did they integrate technology so effectively, but the social emotional learning components. Um, I shared with all of our pre-K staff today, the document that is infused in the pre-K modules, which allows- teachers, parents, students to stop and, and ask the question, am I ready to learn? And I just thought that was brilliant. And I shared that with staff. So hats off for the tech integration, for the SEL integration. It's just, you have created these safe havens and, and allowed educators to really rise and expand their toolboxes for sure.
3: And I would say like part of that comes from the collaborative nature of this, right? Because we are integrating all these things together, then we're getting all the different viewpoints of like what creates a successful learning experience. So, you know, we have the social, emotional, you know, behavioral specialists who are also looking at all these modules and helping to point out those areas that, you know, improvement or growth could happen within a module. So it's been really great to see how Moose modules themselves are also growing and progressing over time as, as our educators are kind of getting more familiar with those different areas that they may not have been before.
0: So as they're growing in areas that they haven't been before, like you were just talking about, and they're, they're, they're growing and they're burgeoning or they're learning new things like Bitmoji classrooms. Um, or whatever it might be for their own particular classrooms, are we, are you seeing any kinds of impacts yet on, and I know it's early, but impacts on innovative teaching practices or on innovative ideas that are happening in the schools or classrooms? Or what is this teaching and showing you at the department about innovation and moving forward as uh, not only a department, of state, et cetera?
2: So I'm not sure, Matt, we can claim all the credit from this project for the innovation that's happening in, in schools across the state. Um, however, we've certainly seen a lot of innovation within Moose and far beyond um, and how and how educators are supporting their students through this really difficult time. So, as a department, we're definitely looking at what are the what are the ask, what are the ways that teachers have been responding to this that we want to hang on to someday when this is all over um, that have worked really well, and what are the pieces that um, that we can start to let go of that we've maybe clung too tightly to for a long time. Mm-hmm. So, yes, we've seen incredible innovation. Um, again, I'm not sure we can give ourselves and moose all the credit for that.
0: Um, <laughs> well, well, I, but... I, I do want to say one thing on that issue, though, is that innovation doesn't just come from people's ideas. It comes from the environment, and, and the and the culture in which you're you're able to grow. And if you're allowed to do things, and if you're given the tools, the space, and the environment, the supports to do it, that's how innovation really gets sparked which is one of the reasons why I think this pro- this program is growing and being as su- successful as it has been because of that very reason. And ha- me having now gone through it twice and about to go into it a third time. Um, I've seen that firsthand, which is that there is no template. There is no exact way to do it. Here's some guideposts like, uh, like, uh, the sports field here are the, here are the boundaries stay in the boundaries but you can create whatever kind of plays you want to, to advance yourself down the field. And yeah,
1: I love when you talk sports analogy. Like <laughs> um.
0: <laughs> okay, as a Giants I know, fan, I don't have many positive things to say about sports. All right. So.
1: All right. Well, I'm not going to go there. Um, lo- I'm just wondering logistically how, if, if um, one of you can share, where are things at with the modules? How many have you created or have been created for each grade span at this point? And um, I would love to hear more about the, those details.
3: Yes, so, one second, I'm just, I wanna get my eyeballs on it, so I'm not going by memory. Um, so right now we have, uh, 92 modules were produced in quarter one. And it was right around the same. So we have just, I would say just shy of 200 modules that came out. Um, it, uh, Cause part one of, we had uh, quarter two had two parts. So in part one, we had some and then part two. So um, total we have close to 200 modules and then we're starting development on quarter three now.
1: That's incredible. Absolutely I, incredible. Oh,
3: Sorry, I was gonna say, I also pulled today to see um, from September 4th to November 30th, there were a little more than 75,000 page views. And just since November 30th, we're now up to 112, more than 112,000 page views. So um, it seems to be like slowly picking up speed the more content is populated on the platform, which is really great.
0: No, that is, that's absolutely wonderful. That's exactly what what you wanted to see. And um, as, as as we're thinking about the design of this, why was it so important to bring in specifically main teachers? Like why, why, why not just put out an all call to on Twitter? Hey, we're looking for people, but why was it like a, a main thing?
2: I mean, very clearly, because we believe that main teachers are the greatest teachers out there and they know best what to provide for main students
0: so the so yeah so these local so, so having a more local flair can help the students better identify or connect with um, what's happening in the state kind of thing
4: well and I think I think yeah when you think about an asynchronous you're a student you're coming to this module um, or any of us we've probably taken some version of a training online without a human being there teaching us like we prefer um, what is so important to feel like that person like whatever that is that video that they're speaking to you and it's our main educators that's i mean as their program they're that's what they're doing every day in their classrooms or now remotely they're speaking so when you say i mean again matt you know you've been through it but when our educators are designing these they're they they see their students they see our main students and they're speaking to our main students through these modules and i think that comes through and it's part of why they're, they're, they are being used because students, even though their teacher may not be sitting right there next to them or in front of them, they hear them. And that matters, huge. We know in, in education and what we do.
1: I guess going yeah. back to the specifics question, I wonder, do you have a total of how many educators have supported those You know, just shy of 200 modules?
4: It's just shy of 700
1: that's amazing that is
4: amazing especially when you,
0: that was a 700
4: 700 and when you think about right now uh, we the narrative is teachers you know are just they can't do anymore well I think this is important this matters and it's having a, an effect and teachers rise to that call even in now when no one <laughs> would blame them for being tapping out and saying, you know, I think, you know, I've got enough going on in my classroom, but, and they see that it benefits, I think, Matt, you were talking about that, the work they're doing, they're using in their classrooms, and their colleagues are using, and they see that, that, how that's helping, and that really feeds, um, I think, the the ability to go on as well, and and be part of it.
1: That leads me to a question, uh, Matt, in your last episode with um, the folks from EMCC on the the learner facilitation, you had asked about um, if there were pockets of the state where a majority of participants were. And I, and I wonder if you have that information, is it very widespread where, you know, main educators stepped up? Or do you have pockets of maybe some of the um, urban areas in our state that were more participated?
4: It's very widespread. We have all regions represented and all grade, uh, clearly all grade levels, because they're designing that way, but all over the state, there's.
1: It's wonderful.
3: Since it's a fully remote initiative, it's really allowed like the, the net to be essentially as wide as it could get for, for main education folks. Um, and I think that that has really aided in our ability to have people from across the entire state
0: so you brought up a point that I wanted to ask questions about, and I wanted to not just ask questions, but get it out there and have a discussion about publicly, and and just talk about it. This fully remote initiative, which I'm on board with, but there are two questions that I have regarding this. One, um, why was it important for this program to be student driven? To be because when, when the, the 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 work that I that I did with them, it was all like, nope. These, these modules should be able for a student to self initiate, for a student to self motivate, get themselves into the program, do it with minimal adult supervision. Why was that important? Which brings up the second question, which I'm sure you may have heard at some point. Isn't this just a replacement for teachers? And I, I don't believe that, but that is a question that I have heard many times about this program, and I want to make sure that we have a platform here to discuss that openly, honestly, and just put it to bed, or that is what it is. So let's talk about that.
2: Yeah, thank you for bringing that up, Matt. We have we have also heard that that question, so it is certainly not meant to replace teachers, Um, and the reason why we asked for the design to be specific to students being able to access it without a teacher is because as we've seen through this pandemic it's hard to know what to expect at every turn and going into the (laughs) fall we weren't sure so you know a classroom teacher has to go out and quarantine for for a period of days is the school staffed enough for another staff member to come in and take that class maybe or maybe not and if not this was a resource for that teacher to use while they were out in the interim so that is kind of the, the most boiled down version of why we why we wanted it to be designed for students to use on their own I think the other part of it is we know that it's used optimally with the support of a teacher and so but the the way and you know this Matt, know having been a part of it the way you design something is very different if you're designing it only for a teacher to use versus something a student could access without so it's why we had to drive that point home as hard as we did because the design process is very different Mm. we certainly hope and what we've heard is that they're most widely being used by teachers with their students which is what we hoped for
0: well yeah that was something that we in in when i did the first module with with the team that i worked with it was something that we kept running up against and struggling with which was how can we build this in a way for our for the learners to really self-initiate when we when we especially for at the high school level we don't feel like we're in a position yet where our students are going to want to go and just do something for the sake of doing it academically they're going to want credit for it they're going to want some kind of grade for it which um, for those of you who know me know that pains me to say it, it really hurts me down to the That That's why they would want, they, would, they, they, they just need everything for the grade, but that's where we are still as an educational system. But I get it because having to design it specifically with the students in mind to be able for them to do it, it pushed our thinking to really be more truly student-centered. Um, to think more in levels of, of personalized learning, of anywhere, anytime, of a competency-based system, of the students owning it, it it really pushed that. And one of the reasons why I became such a fan and wanted to come back and do the program again is because it pushed that so well. And so um, I want to say to you all for designing it, and implementing, pushing it that way, uh, kudos for that um, because it has, I think that has done so much good for bringing and incentivizing or showing the power and benefit of truly student-centered uh, learning design. There's not a question there, I just wanted to say that. Um, so when it comes to this the, the, this Moose platform, you said it, it's completely free, available for anyone to use. Does that include people outside of the state of Maine? Because I do know that there are some people who listen to this program who don't live in Maine, which I still it befuddles me. Um, yeah, I'm talking to you, Stephanie. Um, and so, um, so it's it's available to anybody.
2: Yeah, I'll, I'm going to let Emma share some of the specifics with you because she has those analytics. But um, not only is it available widely, you know, across the world. Um, We've also had other states reach out to us with interest about how we've done it. Um, And so we've provided them with some information to be able to build um, a similar similar model in their state. And we've even discussed a little bit with them about the possibility of collaborating, like a cross-state collaboration, um, particularly with other New England states.
3: Yeah, and the website, um, the platform has gotten visits from um, more than 25 different countries, and that includes uh, the entire US, Canada, uh, well, not Canada, um, Alaska and Hawaii as well. So um, it's definitely receiving attention. Obviously, the majority are, you know, US users, but we are receiving site visits from um, other countries as well as other states.
1: Emma, if you need me to personally go to Hawaii to promote any more of, of Moose, I don't know if Matt shared this with you, but I'm very flexible and I would be willing to do that for the state department.
0: Yeah, um, that's, that makes that, yeah. Uh, I think it will mean that, uh, Julie, we'd have to do a site visit. So we'd have to go out, we would have to do that as a, as, a, as a podcast to make sure that uh, the, the Moose platform is being fully implemented with fidelity Uh, validly and reliably. We use assessment terms. Um, When
2: it's safe to travel, I say we do a a nationwide tour all together.
1: Count us
0: in. I'm in. in. I've been in my house for nine months with two kids who have not been able to go play with other kids for nine months. (laughs) Um, Okay, they're, they're, they're wonderful. We love them and they're great. Blah, blah, blah. Um, so I want
1: to ask a, I want to ask a Julie Smyth question, sorry. Um, and I apologize if you've already talked about this because I had to step out momentarily, but what are you most proud of when it comes to what you've been able to accomplish? I guess I'd like to hear from each of you when you're ready.
4: So I would say Julie, for me, that is, um, easily the feedback that we're starting to receive and hear from educators that, we knew we knew the product that we needed and we saw that and we and um, and as we've talked about, we knew sort of how and that we had to go. We wanted and had to go with main educators, there would be no other option for us. But to hear back from the main educators, things like this is the best professional development I've ever had in my career. It's my moose family. You know, some of these phrases, the, these comments that we're getting now, again, you know, for returners like Matt, who's back for the third cohort, we have several teachers like that. And there really is developing something bigger than a module library that we set out to create. And so for me as an educator, that's, that's what fills my heart and, and, and in the work every day.
3: For me, I um, have spent a lot of time as an online learner, and with that often comes isolation. And I really, truly feel that Moose modules are a shining example of how you can build that type of connection with learners at a distance. And so to see those successes and to hear from teachers who really feel like their modules you know they're using them in their classroom as well as you know having created it for moose so um seeing that some of that has been a really shining spot for me
2: yeah i agree with both of what beth and emma have said um also proud of this team uh, obviously you know i've been incredibly lucky to co-lead the project with beth and emma um, and the rest of our department staff um, another part of it that i I feel proud of is the collaboration and the offices within our department to try to integrate different components of what um, what we know is best practice. Best practice excuse me, um, and then the overall product. I think you know we set out to do this in June, and um, hearing from the developers as they began the process, like there was there's been a lot of frustration with this because innovating is hard, um, and it means taking a lot of risks and um, sometimes falling on your face. And I think our team has definitely worked hard to stress that that's okay. That's part of this. We're going to miss things. We're going to be able to go back and fix it. And, um, it's, it's not perfect and we're continuing to make it better. And so I'm really proud of, of that whole process. And it's been incredible to see what has been developed through it.
0: I think you hit that nail on the head of, of the, one of the reasons why I've been so amazingly impressed with the work that y'all are doing the department for especially for the last couple of years has been fantastic but since we went out in march it has i've just felt that the department has just been nothing but 100 support overt explicit intentional purposeful and exactly what we kind of need whereas i didn't always feel that way before and um it really has um it, it has inspired me and it has really made um this whole thing that we've been going through so you know it's been hard but the work that you have done made it that much easier knowing we have someone in our corner and that is something that I want you three to take back to your department take back to your commissioner whoever if you know a little schlub like me who has listened to some, my words mean nothing, but know that at least from my end, that's something that I will be eternally grateful for.
2: Thank you, Matt. Your words mean a lot, actually. It's important for us to to hear that feedback um, because we do have a department-wide team that's working really hard to do the best we can to support. So um, it's definitely nice to hear that, thank you.
0: So how can people find this platform if they wanted to one just access it at home if a kid wanted to access it if a teacher wanted to access it if they in the future wanted to become part of developing a module because I'm assuming this is probably going to hopefully continue beyond
3: so I would say that the best place to learn more as well as to find the platform itself would be to go to main.gov slash doe/ moose. Um, That takes you to like a landing page with some context about the project itself, as well as a direct link to the platform, so that if you want to go and explore modules, you can also get there. But that will get you contact information of who the best person to reach for any questions would be, as well as context about the project, and then a link to the project itself.
0: Again, I can't thank you all enough for the work that you've been doing and uh, for this and for, and for allowing us to have some time to, to talk and maybe have a little bit of silliness, but also uh, around a really serious and amazingly innovative project that um, is doing so much good for our schools and our teachers and our students. So uh, Beth Lambert, Paige Nichols, Emma Marie Banks, the Maine Department of Education, thank you so very much for leading this and for driving this project and for coming on and talking with us on this wonderful new day in Maine Education Matters.
4: Thanks so much, Matt. Thank you, Matt.
0: So, Julie, I'm going to put you on the spot here. Trial by fire. (laughs) Where can you find us?
1: You can find us in many places. You can find us on the web at maineducationmatters.com. Was that right?
0: (laughs) No, we haven't updated (laughs) the website yet either, but it's okay.
1: Okay. OK. I know that we're on Twitter. We are on Twitter. I know that we're on Twitter, right? If you just Google um, main education matters, we will show up any place that you listen to podcasts. I almost think that you could put in your Google search faithful 17 and you would come up with main education matters.
0: I have a feeling too, that if you Googled spicy dill pickle, we might be in that list too.
1: Let's not go there. That was a really tough day in the hazing world. I'm sorry about that.
0: Well, it was all voluntary. It was all voluntary. Anyway. uh, so, Julie, I'm looking forward to um, to this, this this new partnership. The two of us going down this road together. some going to have some um, some fun with uh, legislation. Yes, folks, I can promise you that I'm sure uh, we will have some uh, some fun and some also to try to make some sense of whatever's happening in Augusta. So, uh, with that, thank you very much for listening. Bye.